Listen closely to your attention undivided. Many in the past have tried to do what, what I, I do. Did. Just the way I came come off then, I'm going to come, come off. off stronger and longer, even, even with, with the drum off. Oh, 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 my. oh my. I like that. I like that. That's the bass of ace. Ace of bass. You know what I'm saying? The symphony. So, oh, my. Symphony. The symphony. Big up the master ace. Yeah. What up? How you doing, man? Renegade culture in the house. I'm good. How you, Kamal? Yo, I'm doing fantastic. You know what I mean? We're doing great. Our like Black Power Media is like it's reaching new hook. heights. You know what yes. I'm saying? Yes, it's a People, wonderful thing. I know it's, it's it's fantastic. It's crazy. You know what I mean? I mean, we had, we had this joint. I've, I've been thinking like all week. Like we had uh, this little fake debate. Oh yeah, 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 but no, you can't do that yet. Don't right. do it. Yet. We didn't do the intro, son. Oh. We're about our crew. Who are you? This is Kamal K. Franklin. You know I'm, what I'm saying? Man, I thought the they hostess know who we with was. the mostest. You okay. know what I'm saying? Okay. And you are the mighty Kalanji Jamachega, aka oh. the Rise Starter. That's Don't get it fucked up. And who we got back here? I go by the name of the Ear Doctor. Okay. And transmitting live from the planet Earth. You know what's Minister Server? What? And it's your boy Jai. Okay. Yeah, John, yeah. who thinks uh, MC Hammer is one of the top rappers of all time. That's right. <laughs> that's he almost got fired. I almost threw him the hell out of here. That's why, Jai, that's why like, we call it Jai Jai High. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely high. Hey, speaking of like uninformed opinions, okay. you were about talking about this debate we had. Man, I really, do, I mean, I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm just going to talk about the characters snippet, in it. A snippet, right? yeah. Okay, so check this out, folks, who, uh, in case you missed us on Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a live debate. With um, Adios. That's right. Now, they're former members ah. of ADOS. You know what I'm saying? We call them Adios because them motherfuckers was totally up out of here. I mean, you had one cat that was a roster that didn't like Africa. Didn't like Africa at all. Or Jamaica. He said he was an a ro- American roster. That's one. Uh-huh. You had another cat with a tight Easter suit on. <laughs> I mean, this suit looked like he got it from D&K down in Atlanta. <laughs> the cheapest suit. You know, you know your suit cheap when you can see that shit right. on Zoom. You, like, see the, you can see the lines popping out. Oh, the threads popping out on the suit. Oh, color, man. And the tie no. looked like, man, like somebody's sock. I don't know. That's about, and his debating skills were about the same. Oh, you know man, he saying? called himself Logic. He's the most illogical, illogical debater <laughs> I've ever heard in the history of my life. Then we had this other brother who claimed that Africans sold other Africans into slavery, and that's the basis. Oh, you talking no, about the brother? No, the trade. They the traded. They, they traded. Sold. They weren't sold. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't sold. Right. He said right. Africans were not sold. They were traded, like NFL or <laughs> NBA or something. <laughs> like, dun, 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 dun. And then when he was saying it, he looked dead serious. He had his face like this. Nope. <laughs> Whole time. Yo, yeah. So it was a wild show. Y'all should check it out on yes. Black Power Media. Black Power Media. Uh, YouTube. Hold on. We got one more cat. Who? one cat, more. The cat. You had the cat. Uh, the one particular brother, I'm not gonna say his name. Uh-huh. Yeah. He was cool the whole time. Then at the end of the joint, he's like, uh, he's like, looked into the camera. He said, "Yeah, Kalanji, if y'all just wanna pray and and and, and hope, then <laughs> that's y'all. Oh, we bought that life." He's like, he's in the streets. <laughs> I mean, man, the man was talking like, you know what I'm saying? He's Word? like, we, we in the streets. I'm like, damn. You did pass that I'm, bill in Congress, you man. Were in the I, I was like, Sesame Street hard. <laughs> but anyway, no. So <laughs> it's been debate. crazy. The other thing that's crazy that's happened this week is that it was brought out that Black Lives Matter uh-huh. last year made $90 million. Hold on, hold on, hold on. $90 million. How much dollars? $90 million, B. So they got reparations. They got their own reparations. That's yeah. where ADOS needs to go Google to. Google. Get the money from them Damn. or some shit, yo. Not ADOS, ADIOS. ADIOS. You know what I'm saying? They got, he's got $90 million. And then in response to that, uh-huh. this brother Tory Russell, we always love Tory. Shout out to he Tory. He came on with Mike Brown Sr. Yes. And they're demanding $20 million in payment from Black Lives Matter. Because they're like, you know, y'all mm. was supposed to be in Fergus. Y'all claiming y'all was in Fergus. They did benefit off of Mike Brown. They yeah. The things they benefited off of. I, nobody was on the ground. Right. Y'all went back to L.A. or California. I mean, shit, y'all we was in Ferguson. Them grants, them. And y'all right. got all that dough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people are saying the peace brutality is still happening. People got some good salaries, but they don't know what's going on in terms of that movement. Well, right? did you see the response they said to that? Yeah, what One was it? One of the folks from uh, Black Lives Matter was like, well, I never. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. still behind that. her $300,000, $800,000 mansion. <laughs> <laughs> I never. <laughs> anyway, oh, no. Black Lives Matter somewhere. Uh, anyway. Some, not in the streets, though. Not in renegade culture, because yeah. we ain't get a motherfucking nickel off that. <laughs> so, and the other quick thing that happened is, so George Floyd, there was a George Floyd bill in okay. Congress. Okay. Um, that got passed i think out of the house i don't i, I don't think we could trust that i i it doesn't sound like it speak on it what well, happened they claim it go ahead, you gonna well, jump well it was already passed in in, in the house during uh-huh. the summer it just got passed by the senate but okay. uh, uh no i don't think the senate didn't pass it yet it needs 10 republican votes to pass in the senate so it's still held up in congress okay well, that was minister yeah. minister server our our chief minister of misinformation <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you, Minister Sir. <laughs> now back to you, Kamal. <laughs> well, but what's in the bill? But you know what's in the bill. Yeah, son. so what they what they're trying to do is make sure that there are no more chokeholds, mm -hmm. which okay. should have been outlawed, and they're also trying to make sure that they stop qualified immunity. And that's yeah. the main thing that they want to stop. Because that way they can go to the police unions and sue them, but we all know that that's a whole nother yeah. hurdle. But that's the first hurdle yeah. that they need to get over. And then so, the other thing that's in there apparently is that there's $750 million to go towards the cops yeah. if the bill were to pass, which of course it's not going to pass because right. the Senate Republicans are like, oh, hell no with that. Wow. We like chokeholds. And the police unions ain't having it. Yeah. The Democrats union. try to sweeten the deal for right. us. Like, look, if we, if we give all this money to the cops, at least ban a little bit, they're like, nah, you guys are suckers anyway. <laughs> so, no, we're not doing it. Yeah, so in other words, um, I'm glad that they're saying that they want to ban chokeholds. I mean, they ban chokeholds in wrestling, and yeah. wrestling is fake. I mean, I mean to be honest, like, they've already yeah. banned chokeholds in, every, in all the different states. states. Yeah. They've already banned them. Exactly. Yeah, the New York has banned them. Every place has already exactly. banned chokeholds. So what are they going to do they're now? They're going to re-ban them, ban them again. You know what I'm saying? Well, the fact is, they haven't really been choking folks anyway. They've been strangling them. Exactly. Yeah. So the thing is, they need to ban, ban strangles, too, so... You know, well, they have a technical, technical, technical. And yo, and so, and because of like Black Power Media, things have been popping off. Okay. And we want to thank all of our Patreon supporters who gave that requisite amount. We want to thank everybody, uh -huh. but like as we said, certain people get their names dropped because they gave us a certain amount, and then we're gonna say their names, and let's hope they don't get fucked up too much. Let's give it a shot. Well, I tell you what, we're gonna drop everybody's name because we just love our Patreon. No, no, we're not. Gonna we're gonna do some now, okay. some now, some later. Oops. Oops. <laughs> so let's give props out to Dominique Barron. Dominique Barron. Uh, oh. Mohan. Swamanthan. Oh, goddamn, no. All right. Uh, man name up. Michael huh? Burkett. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was an easy one, B. Uh, Michael Craig. Oh, okay. Zach Kerner. Okay. Uh -huh. B. Uh -huh. Gray. All right. Sounds the Saint Elsewhere. All right. Jordan Jones. Give it up. Michael Hamilton. True. Okay. And Tony. Bam! I think Michael Hamilton's my neighbor. That's your neighbor? All right, yeah. We're going to do some more later on. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. didn't want to do all all y'all that gave. Yeah. Y'all noticed, like, the nervousness as he said those names and shit like that. He was we, like, we I was sweating bullets over here trying to get him right. We sweating, too, because that, that, <laughs> that fucking hooked on phonics tape it only worked for a couple <laughs> oh, episodes. Whatever. So, and lastly, before we, we wrap up, yo, we got to quickly say goodbye mm. to our bowl. Oh, man. Oh, man. So hard. To say goodbye to yesterday. So somebody dropped the bowl. Somebody the bowl. dropped the damn yeah. bowl that we do the bowl question. I think it was dropped like a half an inch and this shit broke because it was so cheap. Yeah, that's another discussion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I'm just saying because it was Naka's favorite grandmother candy dish. Whatever, man. <laughs> who we got on? Who we got on the show tonight, though? Oh, we do have people. We on the do show. have people on the show. Name yeah. who we got? Who we got, man? Well, that's right. <laughs> glad you remember. <laughs> well, we have a couple guests today. A couple distinguished guests tonight. All right, all right, all right. One of our guests is a Panther Cub. Oh. Okay. Now, a he lot of times, folks hear Cub, right? And they're like, what the fuck is a cub, mm -hmm. right? I'm going to give you a Marcus Garvey thing real quick. Right. Back in the day when Marcus Garvey was being locked up in Atlanta, he's, they, uh, the reporter said, uh, Mr. Garvey, we got you in the cage now. What are you going to do? And Garvey's response right here in Atlanta Federal Penitentiary was, you may have the lion in the cage, but we, met, we left many cubs in the bush. That's right. That's we right. always considered ourselves them cubs. However, this particular cub right here, not only is she a cub, a Garvey cub, mm -hmm. she is a panther cub. That's right. Because of the fact that she is the daughter of two of our most uh, beloved freedom fighters, mm -hmm. one which happens to be a political prisoner. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So um, You did all that, and again, you didn't say the, the, the name. Let me Can do what the fuck I'm trying to do. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we got Kasise Siddiqui. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then later on after that, we later got... Later on, we got the people's attorney right here in Atlanta. That's right. That's Brother right. right here, we've been on the front line with him for quite a while. I that's still ain't right. got one goddamn check from him, but I'm still <laughs> fucking with him, though. We got my man, Mauli Davis. Uh, Mauli yeah. Davis in the joint. If you Harvey, if you get fucked up by the cops, that's what you need on that's your side. You a, a real lawyer. Are you trying to imply that my brother... Renegade coach, we're going to be right back. Air doctor, fucker. Renegade culture, yo, we back. Yeah, back, yeah. Back. You know yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And even though the audience will never know this, because uh -huh. we want to cut the tape up nice. Uh-huh. 
I got to say, our producer just did a major fuck up, man. Oh, uh, man, the producer's fucking up, man. No, he's, I'm saying. He's uh, a producer. He's a producer today. Yeah, anyway. The ear producer. <laughs> he, he, he didn't mess up. He did They're good. They're lying. He, They're lying. He's, oh. ma- he's making sure everything went through well. Shout out That's to our true. producer, man. the ear doctor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was on time today. The yeah. recording wasn't. But anyway, um, <laughs> we'll bring our first guest on tonight. That's right. Special guest. Straight out of Queens. Oh. Straight out of Queens. But she says she really from Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Okay, straight out of Canarsie. <laughs> <laughs> Older or new? Pick your choice. Clinton, Clinton Hills, Clinton Avenue. Clinton Hills. Okay. Clinton, Clinton okay. Avenue, okay. Clinton Avenue. But maybe back back in the day, pre-gentrification Clinton, right? No. Definitely. Definitely. New Clinton Ave. No, anyway, no, <laughs> anyway uh, this sister right here, she's a, a Panther Cub, as I mentioned in the mm-hmm. intro. Mm-hmm. She's a freedom fighter. That's she's right. also an artist. That's right. Activist filmmaker. Yes, she used her art to... Uh, to 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 uh, educate and entertain. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, edutain. Edutain. You know what I mean to get folks on the right side of history. She's the daughter of one of uh, when I first came to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. One of the first campaigns we did was around Kamal Sadiqi. All right. You know what I mean. So she is the daughter of Kamal Sadiqi. Kamal Sadiqi is a serious freedom fighter. That's right. Um, she's also the daughter of Pam Hanna, mm-hmm. who's another serious freedom fighter out of the New York area, out of Queens. Mm-hmm. So um, what I want to do. Is. Because of the, I mean, I, I think that their history is so broad. Yeah. And sometimes we jack people's history up by not laying it out properly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We want to give a proper introduction. That's so right. we want to start off by saying, Kasise Sadiqe, what the deal is? How you doing? I'm well. Thanks for getting it together and having me on. Thank you for your patience. Man. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Seems like we was in the airport together all this time. <laughs> I know. We developed a relationship. Uh, <laughs> exactly. exactly. We're best friends now. Man. COVID is over. Everything is good now. The world Man. is back straight. Children are grown now. Man. You know what I'm saying? They're off to, <laughs> to, to but, bigger and better things. So, that, I mean, let's, let's turn immediately to the case of Kamal Siddiqui. Could you lay out for us a little bit of Kamal's history um, and, you know, uh, uh, how he wound up in prison at this particular time um, and his history with the Panthers and organizing? Okay. Well, my father became a Black Panther. Can you hear me? Can you hear yes, me well? We hear That's always the question on Zoom. <laughs> can you hear me? Um, my father joined the Panther Party in, um, in 1969, definitely influenced by Brother Malcolm X and, you know, Stoke- Stokely Carmichael, just a lot of Panthers. Um, and he joined the party at age 18. Um, he was part of the Queens branch at the time. Um, actually, he and my mom both joined the party around the same same time with, with comrades um, and very much influenced by another panther, um, John Thomas, who um, is, yeah, who's no longer alive right now. Um, and and as, as, you, as you know about the Panthers, those that are on the front line, mm-hmm. both of them, you know, in terms of like s- selling newspaper, traveling and everything, um, teaching the communities about who Panthers are, and, um, and 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 again, when I talk about my parents, because it was a tough story between to like talk about too in terms of liberation and and love the love for for our people. Um, but yeah, I mean things. It's interesting because I was born and I was born in 1971 during the heart of, you know, the party and when my my father actually went underground, you know, and my parents were separated from each other. Um, as you know too, my father is also. Um, his, I have another, I have a sister, Kakuya Shakur, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, during the time, you know, things were very, very heated, like back in, you know, like 70, 71, um, again, while my father was underground, my mother and other women had to hold it down, you know, um, I don't know, there's so much history, <laughs> it's like, when I, I, I it's, it's interesting when I reflect and talk about, you know, it's like the part of growing up being a uh, being a cub what that was like where you know we did have code and i still speak in code it's just part of like i don't know who to trust honestly Mm -hmm. you know but um you know just just learning you know being just just learning how to survive and also having like two lot for myself um you know my father was arrested in 19 i think 1977 uh, my father, actually, my, I'm sorry, my father was arrested in 1971 and during the time that I was born. And so 
they, you know, I, I wasn't able to see him. And when I did see him, I had to go to prison to visit him. So those were the trips that my mother and I took together. You know, I grew up with other Panther women, you know, um, a lot of the brothers were locked up, you know, so, so yeah, I would visit my dad. And when he got out, it was uh, 1979. Part of my play, I've done a play and it, and it talks about just what it's like growing up. You know, my, pan, my, my, my parents, um, he got out in 1979, lived, you know, like a normal life, um, was rearrested in 2002 um, for, I think he was, I think he was set up, but mm -hmm. from a case from 1971 mm -hmm. and also for refusing to, to bring my sister's mother back or Sada back. So and just, um, to, just to jump in, in case people don't know, um, the sister you're speaking of, your other sister, Asada Shakur, is the mother of that sister. Um, and so that's the connection between Kamal Siddiqui and Asada Shakur that they had a child yes. together. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've had an interesting life, you know, I mean, experiencing my father go back to prison mm -hmm. is, is horrific and going back and also my father has certain illnesses, you know, my father um, had hepatitis and some called sarcoidosis, you know, and he's at um, Augusta State Medical Prison, which is a horrible prison. Um, if you want me to talk a little bit about just what he's going through now. Yeah. I mean, before you go there, because, you know, something that you said, uh, it's, it's common amongst speaking to the children of Panthers or Panther Cubs is sort of like that that sort of second tier but very very extreme experience of having to deal with the uh, impact of COINTELPRO police harassment the arrest the constant going to court the even going to prison and jail and visiting people and sort of just growing up in that movement how do you think and you, you mentioned one thing about your lack of sort of your lack of trust or who you can trust how do you think that's impacted you in terms of your own journey Oh man, so much. I mean, it's, I think it's, a, it's just an ongoing thing. You know, um, again, I have, I have friends from growing up that would tell me, they were like, how come you didn't tell me who your parents were or relationship to Asada? And I was just like, that's not something that I talk about. Um, I was also raised with other cubs and we were considered cousins. We call each other cousins, you know, there's a whole bunch of us. Um, and so, I'm, I mean, I'm deeply impacted because what's happening too is like even a lot of the Panthers have died, you know. Um, I was also raised by Janet Cyril, another Panther. Yeah. You know, she was like a, a mother to me. So, you know, so it's like there's a, there's a certain pain that we have that the other Cubs, like we can really talk and relate to, you know, because for a while I didn't feel like I can really talk to a lot of people. You know, and people that I'm real close to, but I just didn't go into that, you know, because another thing is like, it's just trying to survive, you know, you know, going to so-called normal school. I went to public school growing up. I didn't even know that the reason why my uncle was taking me to school is because my because, you know, FBI was was threatening my mother and saying that they were going to kidnap me. So there was just a lot that I wasn't exposed to. I mean, you know, that I was protected. Yeah. And it's not until later in life that my mother shared a lot of stories. She said, well, you know, when you thought that this happened, <laughs> really, it was something else. <laughs> but we wanted to just, you know, keep you safe. Um, another thing, too, is when when my father came home for pr from prison, um, it was also during a time that Asada went to Cuba. Mm -hmm. So there were people constantly coming to my grandparents' house, you know, or looking for my mom, you know, it's just, it was a hard time. And mm -hmm. also growing up just as a child, like you mentioned, going to, um, going to court, you know, there's a, I mean, I was, I was terrified, you know, and as you, as you know, in Asada's book that, you know, she talks about when I was a little girl and I saw, I experienced my father be beat up mm -hmm. and I screamed. You know, I screamed and there was a there was a time when my mother had to really decide what position she was going to take, because it was about raising a child, you know, not not having a not being a nervous child. You know, I still have nervous tendencies now, but, um, you know, just not exposing me to certain things, you know, um, 
there was another time that my father um, was getting his GD and he was um, he was in jail and they had my, my mother and I in a room in a dark room. They said that we would be able to see each other and they had me in a dark, you know, they had us in a dark room for hours and I just screamed and screamed, you know. Um, and then they finally brought my father in and then he was pissed off. And then my mother's like, don't go off, you know, because we don't want you to do, you know, cause anything, make, yeah, make yeah, yeah. it, make the shit worse. So mm-hmm. it was just a lot of decisions, you know, and again, my mother was 16 when she had me. So, I mean, as you know, a lot of the Panthers were very young, but just making that decision, having to raise a child during this time, you know, and, and also protecting your family. We, we're going to, um, you know, before we uh, go on break, I want to point out that uh, one of the things that um, Kamal Siddiqui was tried right here in Atlanta, and she was, he was tried by Stephanie Manis, the same uh, uh, judge, uh, piece of shit judge, mm-hmm. who framed and uh, railroaded Imam Jamel Alamein, formerly H. Rap Brown. So those were two of the cases that we worked mm-hmm. on when we got here. And we know that Stephanie Manis, we don't know where she is now, but we, she is one of the, if you talk about piece of shit, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? In the dictionary, her face should be right there, shining with a black robe. Um, you're listening to Renegade Culture. We're talking to Kasise Siddiqui. We're going to be right back at you in a few ticks. What's that, Renegade Coach in the building? Yeah, we back. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no half step in. Okay. You know okay. Saying? Big Daddy Kamau in the uh, building. No, no, that's right. You know what I'm <laughs> Ain't no half stepping. We got Brooklyn up in. Okay. Oh, Kamau's from Brooklyn tonight. Bro. I'm okay. Brooklyn, son. Oh, my bad. You know what I'm saying? Don't hate. Don't hate. My bad. Participate. Thought you was from Atlanta. <laughs> Not really. No, never even did that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. we back with Kasise Siddiqui. What does Kasise mean for the listeners? Huh? This war. This war. Wow. That's okay. powerful. Quite appropriate. Mm-hmm. Well, you never have to change your name around this motherfucker. <laughs> 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 you, you spoke a little bit about, um, uh, you know, how you grew up and a little bit how that, you know, affected you personally. How did it impact you sort of career wise or politics wise in terms of what you do now? Right. Interesting. Um, well, I've always been into the arts. I went to school for I went to Hunter College and I went to school for filmmaking. Um, and so in terms of career, I've always been able to shape and shift in a way that I could express myself creatively. Um, but it's interesting because I did, like I worked at W Magazine, I worked in the commercial world for a long time and I never talked about my history. You know, um, it's funny because uh, my children's father's name is Gabriel Torres, who uh, was a young Lord. And um, I'll never forget this. Um, he did an interview, no, he, he did an interview for the New York Times and, and really went deep in and talking about his history and who we are and everything. And so as soon as I went to work, everybody was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> so, um, Couldn't but, hide that name. Huh? It's not like you couldn't hide that name. Your name was Michelle <laughs> no, Williams can't. or some shit. I only know one kiss to say. Um, but also, you know, I, I, I've also, um, in terms of career, worked at Mesos Documentary Center. And so I've been in, I've been a part of communities where I could really, mm-hmm. and that community opened up, you know, being in Harlem and talk about my history and stuff. Um, what, this, what made me decide to, to shift and to do a one woman show was just because, well, first it was extremely therapeutic and, you know, to just this way, this platform of storytelling, you know, to really like engage and get folks involved and then becoming my parents, you know, like in my play, I become them, you know, in the sixties and stuff. And so what I did is like, I've collected letters from my father from back in the seventies. I have a whole collection of his letters, which itself is a story, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I just weaved it all together, you know, um, and I want to continue. I want to continue with my play. I want to just use multi, you know, like just just play with it in terms of just showing footage. I have I do have footage of I have old videos of my pops when he was home, 
you know, so it's like, it's just really connecting people to who Panthers are just as humans, you know, like, yes, he had a family. My father worked for the phone company, you know, he, he was out there like just with the community, with all my friends and stuff. That's why when a lot of people found out that he was rearrested, it was just like, I mean, yeah. you know, just that separation. But, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely like, like now able to be open and talk about um, my father and my mother um, and then be in a space again, like now I work for the New York Immigration Coalition and I started, I mean, the, even the way I got that job was just as a temp, but then I started like really um, getting more involved in, the, in policy. So I'm a policy associate there and I, and I've invited a lot of those folks to see my performance. Oh yeah. Henry Chalfant, um, a good friend of mine would always tell me when I worked in at W magazine that he's like, you need to share, you need to tell your story. You need to either do a, make a documentary or some way, you know, and I actually, I started out, make it started with a doc, but I just need, I, I think just the story itself, again, just being separated, but from my father, um, yeah, I, I needed to just act it out, be on stage, mm -hmm. get it out, cry, whatever, yeah, yeah. to heal. So. so check it out. It's, it's Women's History Month right now. You know what I mean? Um, you, you mentioned, you know, your mother, Pam Hanna, you know, kind of in, in passing or whatever. Um, tell us about her. You know what I mean? Because oftentimes, you know, we hear about the brothers in the party. You know what I mean? Um, we hear a little bit about the more popular names, quote unquote, but we don't hear about how the the sisters were able to carry on after, you know, the, their men were kidnapped. You know what I mean? Tell us a little bit about, you know, what that was like growing up under, you know, under the roof of a not just a, a Panther father, but a, a mother who was forced to hold, hold it down then and then and now. Yeah, my mom's badass. My mom, you know, it's interesting. My my mother was always known for her mouth. <laughs> like like my mother didn't hold anything back at all. So even when she joined the party, she was always questioning John Thomas. Well, why are you asking me to read this book? And you know, she was influenced by Afeni. Afeni was like a sister to her, and she said, "Oh, Pam, you know, like my mom always has something to say." Um, you know, so. Yeah, I grew up with these badass women, you know, these aunties that, you know, you have to come correct with them. <laughs> like, I grew up with strong women, you know, there's another, uh, you know, do you know Eni? Eni um, lives in Atlanta. Eni uh, Thomas that is, a, is another me. panther out there who was like a, a mom to me. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up with her. So, yeah, a, a Fanny. Yeah. Um, even when a Wow. It's interesting, like even with, with a Faney, when a Faney lost, you know, Tupac, I, I was in Atlanta and she and I took a cab. Um, I'm trying to think, where were we going? But it was just so, it was right during the time too, there was another, there's another cub, Javanna Thomas, who also died around that time when Pac got murdered. And it just seemed like, you know, cubs were dying. Um, and I remember just being with the Faney and she just held my hand and she was just so sad. And I was so sad too, because just, you know, it's just this, this shit we've been through and then, you know, losing kids and stuff and where, where do you, where do you place all that inside? Um, so, so yeah, you know, I, I, um, I'm really proud of the women that, that raised me, you know, and, and also, like you said, holding it down. Like my mom would take me to visit my father and then she would create this whole, like she would pack a lunch and everything. And so here we're going to a prison, but like she would make it as though the experience wasn't so traumatic, you know, like after we would go, and then she would take me to the lake or something, you know. Um, it, it, she always, she just wanted me to have a normal life, you know, as much as possible. Uh, and then also other Panther women, like, you know, like Kathleen too, like, mm -hmm. you know, I have these little relationships with a lot of the women, you know, and um, yeah, it's just, they're strong. They, they even had, a, um, they had a Panther uh, retreat. Um, I think 
yeah, like that was that was I think in the early I forget if it was the 90s or whatever, but they had a retreat with all of them, you know, just needing to heal, you know, because yeah. and that's and that's a, that's a big issue today, too, as you know, like a lot of our elders, they they are, el- are elders and they are older and, you know, all of what they sacrificed, you know, like my mom, all what she sacrificed and everything been on the front line since she was 16 years old, maybe younger. And now the impact of it. Now she's sick, you know, it's like all of that. The neglect of self, you take care of all these people. And that's another issue too, that the Cubs have too, like thinking like, well, dad, my my mother was always out there taking care of everybody else, but I didn't get that love or, you know, feeling some sort of way about it. Um, Can you do us a favor? As we're sort of wrapping up the interview soon, um, you had mentioned earlier during the break, we wanted to talk a little bit about how your father is doing himself health-wise um, right now, doing um, obviously the special circumstance of COVID, but he has his own health issues too. Can you talk a little bit about that and what's happening with him in his case? And also, also, is there anything that we can do for your mother as well? Because she's a veteran, and, and I think that the one thing that, we're we're not doing a good job at as at in in movement is taking care of the vets. The the US take care of their vets. We need to take care of our vets. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, well one thing, you know, it's it's interesting when you're put in a like I'm put in this position now where my mom is ill and everything happened all of a sudden, like in the past few months in terms of her health creating. And so I'm learning along, but I'm I'm just trying to get my mom to have some sort of health home aid or somebody to come in because right now it's all on me, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, she's just, you know, again, she's this woman, this woman, this strong, resilient woman for so many years. And now she's really, really dependent on me and she can hardly walk. Um, but to go to get into my father, too, is, um, and my my dad so he has these uh wounds right now um I, we checked to see if, if if they had to do with diabetes or anything but he doesn't have di- he he doesn't have diabetes um and so these wounds started out as like the size of pennies and they just started growing and so he also has issues with walking you know he's in excruciating pain the the wounds had gotten affected a few times and he went to the hospital you know i almost lost my dad too Mm-hmm. Um, right now he's okay. I always check on him. You know, I got to go through JPay to email him and just say, what's up, what's going on? You know, just get any kind of update I can on his health. Um, he's supposed to see a vascular, uh, specialist this week or next week. You know, um, he doesn't complain. He's my father. He's yeah. going to always be a soldier, but it's serious with both of them. <laughs> I mean, I laugh, but I'm like, you know, no, I got two lie. parents that that need me yeah and that's a lot that the panther i mean again the i, I knew janet cyril actually quite well I, I i think you said gabe gabe torres is your is your husband yeah okay so i know gabe quite well too i was a lawyer in new york worked at ccr um sort of with with gabe a lot but knowing the kids of panthers and so forth it's a lot that um folks went through to survive the, the war that their parents were going through every day. They, in fact, you guys were in the war, and it's a step up. You know, I, obviously, in my, and sort of ideologically speaking, the whole black community's in the war, but there's a front-line war, and I think you guys experienced it in ways in which others of us did not. And so it's a blessing um, that, you know, you're doing the work that you're doing, uh, that you're able to help support your parents, that, you know, we can put out some, some of the words of, of the work that you're doing and, and your parents' history because the Panther Cubs have survived a lot of through COINTELPRO and state violence. Um, and so we got to make sure that we uplift those stories or lift up those stories and make sure that folks uh, get a chance to understand that this is a continuing war and battle that folks are going through. So, yeah. So we're going to put uh, your father's uh, contact information on. Uh, we encourage um, brothers and sisters, comrades, and um, allies mm-hmm. to definitely write Kamal Siddiqui and other political prisoners. I think uh, one of the things that we used to do heavily and we're getting back into is um, 
keeping that, that one prisoner, one contact situation. Mm -hmm. We definitely need to be in touch with our political prisoners because of the fact that that's how they get the treatment. That's how, um, you know, the state knows that they're not alone in this fight because oftentimes, you know, they're left in these gulags to die. And, um, you know, folks talk about them when it's Black History Month mm -hmm. or they talk about them in passing, but that's not enough. So yeah, yeah. when you're talking about reparations, as we told these cast the other day, the first order of reparations is the freedom of our political prisoners. We want to thank Kasise Siddique for coming on. Thank you. And, um, you know, we'll be we'll have you back on soon, man. You know, thank you for having me. You know, no I, I always, you know, now I, I look for the opportunity to talk about them, to talk about, talk about them, talk about clubs, you know, because, because again, that's another thing too. It's like, we do have to hold it down, you know, yeah. and then even folks be like clubs to the front, but it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, yeah. it's a lot of responsibility, you know? So one of the things that the clubs want to do, we do want to like have like a little retreat or something just to chill out, to be stress-free. You know, I'm also close with, the Schultz, you know, um, yeah. we've had we've had the Cubs. We were, we were meeting, we were doing little things together for a while, but then COVID happened and everything. But we would get together, have our little barbecues or whatever, and just. Russell just wasn't chill. cooking, was he? <laughs> was was huh? it Russell or Teresa cooking? Oh, Russell was cooking. Oh, well, Russell man. was barbecuing. Oh. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> we we'll, come, we'll come to the next barbecue you know, yeah. after that. We'll get come invited to that. Sprinkle a little seasoning on it. Anyway. Renegade culture, y'all. We'll be right back. Boom. Black at you. Renegade coaches in the building. Yo, we yeah. back on. You know what I'm saying? Hey, yo, man. Before we go any further, man, we got a big up, hell up. Bunny Weller. Bunny Weller made his uh, transition. That's right. That's right. True, true. How we going to be up on here and not talk about Bunny Weller? That's right. right. So for those of you that don't know who Bunny Weller is, you definitely got to do your reggae history. Go do some research because that's one of the, the legends that's in the right. game. So, you know what I'm saying? Definitely salute to Bunny Weller. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's been a changing of the guard lately. It's been a couple of different mm -hmm. uh, brothers and sisters who transitioned after this late. But yeah. we want to definitely salute Bunny Weller. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, speaking of legends. Yes. This legend is alive. We have, we have, we have a living legend. Now, uh, there's a whole lot of attorneys out there. I know. And I we mean, had, we had Chokwe Lumumba, one Chok of the greatest. One of the greatest, you know what I'm saying? But this brother right here, I'm he, he goes hard. He goes uh, hard. We call him the people's attorney. I know, and, it, and it, it fits, right? He is one of those attorneys that if you get beat down by the cops. That's right. That's the brother you need to call. If you got a criminal case. That's right. And you want to make sure that you get... You get freed, did you get acquitted? Uh -huh. This is the brother that you call. He's a good brother. What's this, this brother's name? This brother's Molly Mel Davis. He's That's been right. working for quite a while. I've been knowing him so long, when I first, first met him, his office was this big. Oh, now. <laughs> that was all. It's blinged out. That was like shit. That was like. Oh, I got it. <laughs> now you got to wait. That's I why got, he just got on I the got show. I lost in the office. He said, Kalaji, I thought you was here. I am here. What floor are you on? I'm like, damn. But anyway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the brother been putting in a lot of work. Yeah. Give it up for our man, Mauli Mel Davis. What's happening, Mauli? Yeah. Hey, man. How y'all doing, brothers? We, we doing we, good. We doing good. Y'all just having fun, man. You know, this is this is revolutionary fun oh, man that's right that's right we we got we gotta you know we got what they say you gotta laugh and keep laugh to keep them quiet man mm -hmm. it's like it's it's, right. it's real out here man yeah. it's it's, oh, it's man. therapy for us mm -hmm. you know what i mean no doubt. No doubt. but yeah we need this. Man. We need this, man but how you been man we know you you know you've been hit hard with these cases and whatnot man you know we've been grinding we've been grinding you know we, we opened up an office down in savannah as mm -hmm. well so okay we, we moving moving into the in the South Georgia, and it's, uh, it's different. You know, we got a we got a case down in uh, Sylvania, Georgia, where a brother was shot in the face um, and killed by a state trooper within mm. like one second of the trooper the car coming to a stop. His name is Julian Lewis. Wow. So there's stuff that happens outside of Atlanta that no nobody hears about. You yeah. know, because every everybody thinks Atlanta's like the epicenter of all things um, black, and it's it's stuff happening. Man, so, uh, but we we good. We battling. You know, it's on. I salute you. You talk about Savannah. The Savannah is the first and only place I've been called a nigger to my face. Mm. We's wow. down there. We's down there organizing on behalf of Troy Davis. Um, uh, 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 we we ran into this white man, old ass. I mean, he looked like he was a hundred and ninety eight thousand years old. He's crusty as hell with some overalls and shit. He said, 
We freed you niggas. What else you want? Oh, <laughs> and I'm looking around. See, I ain't know my way around Savannah, so I'm thinking, should I knock this motherfucker out? But <laughs> <laughs> he's got his clan friends right behind him yeah. and stuff like that. So, so that, that that really didn't work out, you know what I mean? I mean, considering but, your yeah. politics and how long you've been in Atlanta and and working in the South, like how difficult is it is it to be such a politicized lawyer fighting these cases here in the South? I'm sure you get. You know, crazy like like mail and death threats and all oh, that kind of stuff, man. You know, it's it's funny. Um, now black is in, right? Hmm. And and we were back in the day, we using the white supremacy, self determination, and folks are looking at us like, mm-hmm. you no, know, what are you talking about? You know, so we were we were we were shunned. You know, um, we were taking civil rights cases. Our first civil rights case was in '09. Right mm. in terms of um, somebody who was shot by police, y'all remember Tremaine Miller? Absolutely. Tremaine Miller was out in Mechanicsville, where a lot of y'all work is done now. He shot in the face, bullet goes through his face, his lies in his neck. So we and he lives. He was going he to get medicine life. for his mother or something like that, right? He was getting medicine for his mother. <laughs> okay, okay. You know, so we've been at it for a minute, and so there are new lawyers that that have taken up the cause, and that's cool, but. Um, we just know the, the, the history and the terrain because uh, cause being a civil rights lawyer, a black civil rights lawyer in the deep south, and we got to be clear, Georgia's in the deep south, and mm-hmm. if you don't think so, get your ass outside of 285 and you'll find out. Hell, just, just move around in the wrong way in the city, oh, inside really? of 285, yeah. and you get handled. So it's a, it's a, it's a battle, but Choke Lumumba. You know, um, Roger Wareham. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, these are people who kind of shape your political ideology so that it's, it's more than, you know, we just try to use the law as a tool. Yeah, it's, right. it's not, you know, it's like the vote. You know, the vote ain't going to the vote ain't going to make us free and liberate us, but it's a it's a tool. Mm-hmm. And so we got to use all the tools to see what kind of space we can liberate and create some self-determining communities. And that's how I see it. And I say it all the time. And people trip. Man, I'm a lawyer, but this law stuff, you know, don't rely on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we win cases. We, if we get a big verdict, that doesn't necessarily change the condition of the masses of our people. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's a way to also shine a bright light on all of the ways that our folks are being mistreated mm-hmm. so that they wake up and join organizations. Right. You know, because it's in the organizations that we're going to make any change and not in a single victory or a single lawyer. You know, I've, I've heard lawyers say stuff like, like almost like they got the answer. Right. And that's the silliest thing in the world. How the hell are you going to have the answer? Right. One thing. Johnny Cochran didn't have it. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, no doubt. One, one thing I appreciate about you being, um, because a lot of this in, in, in modern times, for, for lack of better words. There's so many attorneys talking about their activist attorneys. When I first met you, you were actually co-chair of Incobra. Um, you and uh, our, our good, dear mama, uh, Mama and Jerry, who's now an ancestor. Right. But when I first met you, you all were co-chairing right on Ralph David Abernathy when I came down That's here right. before. So um, I can attest to the, uh, the work we've organized on the streets, not only um, Maoli's a, a, a different type of lawyer yeah, because yeah, yeah. we actually put together campaigns mm-hmm. uh, for different victims of police terrorism, not just African victims of terrorism, police terrorism, but you know um, anybody, any indigenous person or yeah. whatever. So we salute you for that because it, oftentimes, like I said, outside of Chokwe and, and, and Roger and mm-hmm. uh, some man named up in New York who was beat by the cops up there. Uh, oh. Uh, him and his wife were pulling. Oh, over. Michael Warren. Michael yeah, Warren, Michael folks Warren, like yeah, that. Yeah. Not yeah, too Michael many. Warren. Yeah, not too many solid yeah. uh, attorneys who actually, yeah, yeah, who actually have politics. Yeah, you know what I mean. Now, one of the things that's great is is when you got politics and you're an attorney, that you don't just look at it as a straight case, and you use the the organizations and the people on the street and the anger of the crowd. To, to help push the case and help push the issue. Mobilize Whereas over. a lot of you know lawyers, they get all straight laced. They want the client to be quiet. They want the family right. to be quiet. They want the crowd to be quiet. It's like they don't want to make the judge upset. It's they like, no, you want the judge to be upset. Make right. that judge Man. a little upset. Put a little pressure on them, you know? What would you say? Go ahead, I'm sorry. 
when have we ever gotten justice for real? When the, the, they, have to, they have to not know what the hell might happen if they let the wrong person out. Mm -hmm. When we went down, I took my family when, when George Zimmerman was on trial. We drive down, my, my sons back then, they were probably, maybe one was in middle school, one was in high school. When we pull up on the courthouse and there no, there's nobody out there protesting, there's one white dude holding this big sign. And they have a, you know, they had that protest zone. You know how they create yeah, the protest yeah. zone where you can't go outside this zone? Nobody was there. I called back, jumped on the radio like, yo, they're gonna quit this man, trust. Mm -hmm. Because there ain't no pressure. Mm -hmm, the right. only way we get justice is when there's pressure, when there's a possibility that this thing could just go up. And that's that's the reality. And can't nobody tell me no different because we've been doing it for almost 20 years and we see yeah. people walk out, even with Tremaine Miller. Right. It was four people sitting in that courtroom after Tremaine Miller. They tried. That was one of the first cases of a police officer being tried. And it was a, a black officer. We sit up in the courtroom. It's four of us. We look at each other. Man, jury come back, not guilty. Mm -hmm. They shot this man in the face. Point blank range talking about his 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 phone was a gun. Right. In the car, is that correct? In the car. Yeah. In the car. He's in the seatbelt in the car. And then left them almost for dead. You know, mm -hmm. they left them. Took about 20 minutes before they even came to get him out. And he they were stunned and he survived. So, you know, man, it's it's that's why this this building community capacity bang against the system and put pressure because uh, if we ain't looking and your your family is in the throes of this system you're done mm -hmm. you're done mm -hmm. that's why we got to have people like hey what's going on with this what's going on with that let's get some people over there that's well, just how it goes what would you say was your most um important case you know what i mean we know that you work with you know uh freedom fighters you work with everyday people what would you say in in your mind if you were to point out a case or two to be fair yeah what would you say would be your, your most important or significant cases that you felt I, I always think of cases that stretched me um my 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 politics my mind right we we represented um baba mukasa against um against morehouse right and and that was not a very popular lawsuit it was when they broke right. his arm, correct? Nah, they... He did, yeah, they messed his arm up. They yeah, yeah. messed his okay. shoulder okay. up, right? Yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> the value in it was they had to depose him. And so when they take his deposition, I still, we've been telling them we need to turn that deposition into a book. Because hmm. he just laid, man, he just ran the history. And I'm, you know, we sitting up there like, you know, he's just teaching. Yeah, yeah. He's teaching the other lawyer. He was like, damn your question. I'm just going to speak to it so that was that was powerful um getting a chance to represent uh baba deruba ben waha in his case you know um just learning the the politics of it and i'll tell you what was what was this is gonna surprise y'all what was interesting was my representation of bill campbell on his appeal mm. he pissed you know it, it just shows you how you can piss off these folks when you try to do anything that looks like it's in the interest of your people, mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. And so he was just real clear. I know they're coming at me. I know why they're coming at me, but they're not going to break me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, you know, that, that wasn't what I was expecting. But I, I, I saw it in the way he moved and, you know, I thought it was I thought it was strong. Um representing Mama Mama um Injiri Algani. That was hard representing her family, you know, after she was tragically killed. Right. Um that that On she birthday. was my um political mother here mm. in in Atlanta. When I got here, got with her and Jamoke and in Cobra, right. and we was in them them three person meetings back when reparations was a bad word, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Reparations, right. Right. Oh, freak out on your ass. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. well, you know, they were tripping. They, I got one of my um, professors counseled me about you're doing reparations conference. You should really be doing something more professional, helping some of these black, black law students get jobs. Was that before like, Adios? I mean, Ados? What, how, what you say? <laughs> was that before Adios? 
I mean, oh, Ados. Yeah. This, they're a recent, you know, right, a phenomenon. Right. You know, we, you know, you had reparations, Ray Jenkins out of Detroit, mm -hmm. you know, um, obviously Bobby and Mario Bedelli. Right. You, you, you know, you, you just had all of those pioneers of the reparations movement who had just really taken a baton from Queen Mother Moore and have kept it, kept it going. Mm -hmm. And um, it's interesting how now reparations is sexy. Everybody right. want to talk right. about it. Yeah, yeah. But so let's, let's, work. let's jump in because you have a new book out. Yes. Right? Yeah. And the book is called We Need You. And so tell us, tell, us about, tell us what the book is about. Man, it's just, uh, it's a short book, you know. We made it thin. You know, I, le I learned from you, Kalani. You don't make them too thick, bro. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, just let them, just a little something. It's mm -hmm. really, it's really like a, um, a kind of teaser yeah. of, of what we encourage in my son's generation for them to reimagine how they get in the movement, you know, because there, there are two extremes. One, a lot of our young people, obviously, they want to come up financially because they think, man, if I can make some money, that's how I make change. But they don't understand that in the making of the money, you can lose your soul and get disconnected from the people very easily. The other side of it is, well, the only way to be in the movement is if you are running with a sign or you're protesting. And so we just like, take your skills and find a way to fit in, to contribute to our liberation struggle. Mm -hmm. So it, it's the, the, the underlying title is encouraging my son's, my son's generation for black liberation. And so even using the language, Black liberation, ain't we already free? Is how a lot of the young people thought. And I'll tell you what was crazy. My son, uh, Kobe is 23, Kahar is 21. But when they were in high school, which was just six years ago, and you knew when they were shorties, Kalani, we would put yeah, them around yeah. in, the, in the wagon, you, you, you know. You, you blow um, my mind right now, just knowing that they're oh, yeah, that, that old, man. Yeah. yeah, it's deep, it's deep. But, but when they're in high school, and they're at, they're at Decatur High School and they, they're classmates and Decatur's supposed to be this, this bastion of liberal, you know, white liberalism. And they, they said, you know, uh, I'm like, we organized. And they're like, why are you doing all of this, dad? You know, this is, it's dying out. Mm. Like they, they thought living in our household, my wife doing what she went to FAMU, she's an educator activist. They really thought because of their experience with their white classmates that white supremacy that what we were experiencing was dying out with the older generation mm -hmm. wow. and just and it's just it blew their mind and then now they out in protest i'm trying to pull them out the protest like hold on man it's <laughs> going down sideways y'all about right. to get <laughs> shot right you know um i had to go get my son out of the protest this summer when the first night when everything went up yeah because yeah. i was like hey this is getting dangerous you know and 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 um, this situation, we know how they retaliate. And right. lo and behold, they firing rubber bullets, they tear gassing, they beating, they tasing, they do what you know the system does when you when you buck against. Mm -hmm. Before we go to break, um, coming through, you know, organizing like you have, experiencing what you experienced uh, this past year. Did you ever dream that we would see it look like this? Man. That's a great in 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 the in the in the book in the first part to the ancestors I said you were right you always were right we've always been right we've been the one I mean those of us that have been on what we've been on in terms of political our political ideology around self determination we've been right right we we've been the path less traveled mm -hmm. they've. They traveled the path of integration and, and all of those other paths, and it's delivered nothing, nothing. We have to be a self-determining people who are prepared to, to fight and defend what we're battling for. And so I just think of all of the meetings, and y'all been in the meetings, where it's just two or three of us, man, and, and, and we keeping each other encouraged, really, you know? And now, 
you know, everybody's a black activist. Yeah, and that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. We the old heads. <laughs> yeah, we got to build, we old heads in it. But that's why we got to build. And that's why we've been doing this program with these young people to help build their political idea, their, their political IQ, their ideology, and they can understand when we talk about politics, we ain't just talking about voting. We're talking about how you how you eat, where you eat, what you eat, how you decide, who you marry, all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, and so to see this go down this this summer, I was like, yep. We've been telling y'all last this for a long time. Just like and, that. And now folk been caught, you know, caught caught wind. And it's it's our responsibility to build institutions out of this and not just let it be you know, a dollar here, a dollar there. What are we gonna get built that mm-hmm. can sustain when the pendulum swings back as it's doing, as we saw how they, you know, rolled the capital and, and you know, how was, how was all moving? We're gonna come back to you after this break. Um, we're gonna be closing out. Um, when we come back, we wanna uh, speak on the Black Men's Lab. We want to do the bold question before we leave. We have a thing we do call a bold question. Um, we actually call it knockers nonsense around here yeah. because the fact that the question would be so <laughs> goddamn nonsensical mm. that uh, we had to give it a special name. The bowl, the ceremonial bowl that we had actually broke. Nope. So tonight he came with his um, his sister's green tea cup. <laughs> so uh, whatever, man. That looked like a cup, not a bowl, but you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, hey, you I'm know, hey, listen, it's Naka. Naka's nonsense. The, the bowl broke, so we got yeah. the bowl, the he, cup question. He said tonight. he tried to put the bowl on his head and it broke. So he had to anyway, the ask the, the question, question, man. So when we come back, we're gonna ask the question. Renegade culture, no doubt. What's that, Renegade Culture? We back again. You know what I'm saying? With our little outro section. Back, wow, back, you sounded back. kind of solemn today, you right? Solemn? I'm quite, you know, it took a long time. It's like, it's past my bedtime. I've been here so long today because our DJ, producer. Not, not our dear producer. No, nah, because he don't know what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Not our producer. For hey, 100 and, 103 uh, episodes, I don't know what I'm doing. Huh? I mean, this man right here, he DJs. You notice he said 103, uh, but he lost two of them. You know he did lose two, yeah, lost two episodes. Hopefully he won't lose this. Oh, my Oli's on this, he ain't going to lose this. He ain't going to lose that. Right? No, he going to get paid. <laughs> that's, that's my peoples. I ain't going to lose oh, this. Uh, peoples, yeah. I appreciate and that. Speaking, and we had a brother come straight from Africa, and he lost the whole damn episode. Well, oh, I forgot to record. So speaking of that, so we got Naka's nonsense, you know okay. what I'm saying? We got okay. a bold question for you. Like 8,000 yeah, questions in here. For, there's a whole bunch of questions. You can't see it, don't worry about it. There's like 5,000 questions in here. Bro. Oh, man. So Jelly we're going to pick one out. And you know your man with the Morris Brown, so. With the Morris Brown. That's right. He's one of those few historically black colleges that. He left his brain at Morris Brown. He went there after the the accreditation went down. Just just read the question. Yo, how long is this damn thing? Look at this. Let's read it. All right. A poem? You get pulled over by the police with a registered firearm in your glove compartment. Do you, A, take it out and place it on your seat? B, tell the police officer and let him take it out? C, none of the above. Yes. D, Castle Doctrine. Here's the thing, right? We would say you tell the officer that, hey, I have a weapon in the car, and people, that was the advice, and then you have Philando Castile, Mm -hmm. where he says, I got a gun, and they they shoot him. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a trick bag. Um, I would typically say you, you keep your hands on the steering wheel, and you say, hey, I got a gun, um, how you want to handle this? But damn sure, do not reach for nothing and pull it out. Even if they that tell you to. The, that's that's you know you don't even have to touch it before they fire down on you. So yeah, yeah. Um, appreciate that question, Naka. No doubt, no doubt. Now is it, don't give is them no credit. The, the Castle Doctrine here in Georgia? Does yeah. that apply to the glove compartment as well? Yeah, you get the you get to um, you get to defend the vehicle, your person. Or you place uh, in business. You have no duty to retreat, you know. Like so, that's that's the law. Um, but we ha- we got a case right now down in um, in Statesboro, where um, we're saying a young brother defended himself against um, a almost getting run off the road. And I can't talk about it. they got us under gag order, but mm-hmm. you know, of course, that they it looks like they're not trying to apply it to him. Mm-hmm. Right? That mm-hmm. it, it never. Those laws always seem to apply against us, not for us. Yeah. Right. But that's that's the problem. 
We appreciate it. You heard it here first. This is an actual attorney. Um, well, you got another actual attorney. I mean, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I did my work. Oh, I did my time. Man. I'm talking about New York. I'm talking about don't here in Atlanta. Don't touch me, man. I don't want to talk about it. I'm in Atlanta, brother. Uh, uh, <laughs> if he can be a DJ, I can still be a lawyer. You, you know right, what I'm saying? Right uh, oh, wow. He can be a doctor. He can be a doctor. You know what I'm saying? Hey, could you tell us about the Black Man Lab that I was able to be a part of, DJ, and also we did uh, Consequences of Being a Thug? Can you tell us about the Black Man Lab? Was he a student? No, man. Look, <laughs> Naka was, was in there, sound, music, getting everybody, getting the young guys hyped up. We were meeting before the uh, pandemic. We were meeting at Andrew and Walter Young YMCA, getting about 200 uh, men. And it was just for men um, between the age, really, 5 to 85. Mm -hmm. And to have that intergenerational dialogue was just crazy. We have since gone virtual because of the pandemic. But now we have this project called Young Creators, Innovators and Entrepreneurs. And we've been working with both young men and young women as a part of the group between 12 and 26 who are creating. And uh, they, they're doing music, they're doing visual art, poetry. Um, and, and, and it's all based out of our conversation around we need you. And, and how they can reimagine their role in the movement mm. in the struggle for black liberation. And so, um, you know, we want people to go to blackmanlab.org. Mm -hmm. We're looking to try to move it around the country, uh, have them perform. It's real, they, they're real energetic and inspiring. And um, that's, that's, that's what's happening right now with Black Man Lab. So it's a good, it's a good time, it's a good space to see them create and to get more engaged. We just had, um, uh, Brother Chairman Fred uh, Hampton Jr. come on and talk to him, and they were fired up, obviously, because the movie and every, you know yeah, yeah. they were just hype. So we have different people help politicize them as as we as they also develop content. Word, that's what's happening. Hey, how can yeah. they get the book? Um, and we're gonna close out, but uh, we definitely want to cool. give you the opportunity to tell us where the book is developed. Yeah, we're, we're um, right now, it's, it's published by Third World Press, Hakimata Bouti's Press out of uh, Chicago. Uh, Mike Samanga just became a, the publisher of, of Third World Press now. So you can go, in about three weeks, you'll be able to go there. But right now, you can go to mawaleedavis.com, order it there. Uh, we got some t-shirts, some We Need You t-shirts. You know, we just want our young brothers and sisters to know that we need them. That we don't win without them, and, right. and that they have to engage and, and rock with people who they can trust, who, who've been around for a minute, who have a track record. You know, it's a lot of a lot of pop up organizing going, Amen. going on yeah. right now, and we just have to. I was telling a young brother today, you got to just look at a person's history, see how long have they been doing what they say they've been doing, have they been with, you know. Who they've been rocking with, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And, and that says a lot about whether you, you know, because this work, you put your, you know, you put your life and you put your family, you put everything at risk. Mm -hmm. So you, we don't want to be careless. And uh, as um, as uh, Baba um, Bilal Sunni Ali once said, you know, is, this is not the space to be liberal in. That's know, right. Liberalism will, 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 will get, get folk hurt or locked up. So, no man, I appreciate y'all, man, for having me on. I've no been watching. We had to wait till we had enough traction under our, our belt and enough uh, passport, enough stamps on our passport before we approach you on coming on, man. Get a heavy oh, hitter, man. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> when y'all had Sarat and uh, Ross Kofi on, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to that, man. And she... Y'all gonna challenge her to drop some balls? <laughs> now we'll play. You come on here. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's like you better be ready. Freestyle yeah. now. Nah. True, no true. Doubt, no doubt. So well, we want we gonna definitely pick up some of your books and hand That's them right. out uh, to our Black Power Media um, uh, folks audience. Yeah, yeah. Want to make sure that uh, we get your support. So those of you who are watching on Black Power Media, make sure you check out Maoli Davis at Maoli. Davis.com, MauliDavis.com. All right. Right on. We appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Good luck, brother. All right. Free to land. Man. Free to land. Thank y'all, brothers. No Good doubt. Man. to the people. Peace. Right. 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 Salute. All right. Um, so before we out of here, we got some Patreons that we still want to read yeah. off their names that, that gave us some donations this week. 
uh, Minister Server, won't you hit that? No doubt. We want to give a big shout out to Kimberly Phillips, Leah Boggs, Philip Agnew, Neil Zagarin, Asami Burton, mm. Pushing for Change, right. Sam Gardner, True. M. Bolds, mm -hmm. Gerondon, oh. Deborah Rodriguez, B. B. Moore Akuma, Ooh. and Donald Byers. No doubt. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Big up to all the Patreons. For Keep the, it coming. For the Patreons, if you want to support, make sure you go to Black Power Media at Patreon to support right. us. Support us at Patreon, Black Power Media. You know what I'm saying? And check us out. For those of you who are checking us out on renegadeculture.org, on Apple, mm -hmm. on SoundCloud, yeah. or Google Play, or Spotify. Spotify. We all over. We Pandora. all over. Pandora. You know we're on YouTube now. Um, go to Black Power Media, mm -hmm. where we have how many shows on there right now? I don't know, like 15 of them. About yeah. 15, Mass 15. Shows. 15 different, uh, no, I mean, not just Renegade Culture. We have other. Oh, you mean all the other shows. My yes. bad. Yeah, we got, we got. Uh, <laughs> I know what he's talking about. He's like, numbers? I, I was some numbers. I'm like, like, we got Dr. Dr. Jerry Ball. We have Dr. I mix Jerry, what I like. I mix what I like. I'm saying the last dope intellectual. Uh, yep. The last dope intellectual. Luke 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 Nation. 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 That's right. That's Rosa right. Clemente has a show. I'm saying disrupt the chaos. Disrupt the chaos. You know what I'm saying? So and we got uh, that. We got some more coming. We'll have a morning show coming in a couple of weeks. The remix. The remix. That's right. That's right. Also, we got Sundays. Don't forget Sundays. Oh, that's Sundays. right. We got Ear Sundays. Here, Dr. DJing it up. Sundays, 8 o'clock. Easter Standard Time. I'll see y'all there. Good, y'all. Yeah. Yo, Renegade Culture. Yeah. We oh, out. Oh, 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 oh. Hey. We out.